Welcome to Recharge with Lily, a podcast that's all about ways to recharge your brain and body so you're ready to put as much as you can into what you want to do. Welcome to episode 2, Edinburgh Yarn Fest, for the 19th of March 2017. As you might have guessed from the title, I'm going to talk about Edinburgh Yarn Fest in this episode. Spoiler alert, it was a fantastic weekend. But first, I'm going to go through a book, some food and some music I've really been enjoying, which have helped me recharge lately. The political situation has been as crazy as ever, And as an English girl living in Scotland, I've been left a bit confused about my future. So some recharging has really been necessary. And the first thing I've been using has been an amazing trilogy of books by Catherine Doyle. The trilogy is called Blood for Blood, and it's a young adult thriller set against the backdrop of the Chicago mafiosi gangland. From the cover and the blurb of these books, I would have assumed that I wouldn't enjoy them, and I would never have picked them up of my own accord. But I went to a Strong Girls in Young Adult Fiction event at Waterstones in January, and one of the authors there was Cat Doyle. She gave a really interesting-sounding synopsis of her book, just summarising that it was a thriller involving long-held family feuds, and that instantly had me hooked. I bought the first book, Vendetta, at the event and swiftly went back to Waterstones later in the week to buy books two and three. Inferno and Mafiosa. I finally finished Mafiosa earlier this week and wow these books were incredible. They were such a roller coaster of feelings. There was some amazing love triangle stuff going on as in a lot of good young adult books and some really deep questions about life. The main character, Sophie, goes through a huge whirlwind over the course of the three books, each book ending with a dramatic set piece that keeps you turning the pages in suspense right up until the very end. I really enjoyed the dynamic of friendship between Sophie and her best friend Millie. They're less irritatingly joined at the hip than lots of pairs of friends in young adult books, and the relationship has its own complexity and history which often in fiction seems to be reserved for romantic relationships. I also liked that all of the supporting characters felt like real people with their own histories and backstories, and some of those threads were left slightly dangling at the end of the third novel, letting the cogs in my head turn and wonder what could have become of them. There is a bit of gore in these novels, as you might expect with something set in the gangland. There's murders and shootings aplenty but they're not written in a way that luxuriates in the violence. Now, on to food. I find it's a fairly strong truth for me that when I eat better, I feel better, and this is especially true about lunch. By mid-morning, I'm quite often the person sitting at my desk with a stomach rumbling, really looking forward to what I'm going to eat at midday. If I pack my lunch, it often ends up being a ham and cheese sandwich and a pack of crisps which isn't actually that healthy or necessarily that cheap. But recently, I've got myself into a really good packed lunch routine. At the start of the week, I buy a quiche, some salad leaves and some baby carrots and refresh that through the week as necessary. Each day, I pack a quarter of the quiche, lots of salad leaves, 
a little mini pot of salad dressing and a few side things into my lunchbox. The box I've been using that makes this work really well is called the To Go Salad Lunchbox from Sistema, the Kiwi company who produce a lot of lunchbox type products. It has a rounded section at the bottom where I put my quiche slice and a lot of leaves and then a tray in the top with a dressing pot which I've been filling with Pizza Express salad dressing which is delicious and two sections for other bits and bobs. I can either put baby carrots, slices of red pepper or recently I've been putting mini eggs in there because I think they're the most delicious part of the Easter season. You can keep your cream eggs, I like mini eggs. It works out way cheaper than even a sandwich with some nice ham and much cheaper than buying my lunch at work. Next, on to music. I've been on a bit of a musical theatre kick recently. I went to see the musical Rent when the UK 20th anniversary tour came to Edinburgh last month and it was fantastic. I was too young to see the film when it first came out and I never got round to seeing it while I was a teenager. And although I think I would have loved it as an angsty teenager, I got so much more out of it seeing it live for the first time. Oh my gosh, I was in tears throughout the entire second half. I've never cried like that in the theatre before. The entire album is worth listening to. It's an opera musical in that the songs tell the entire story, so you won't miss anything if you just listen through. The one song I want to pick out for this week's outro is One Song Glory. And the reason is that last word, glory. The musical Rent is cited as a huge inspiration to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote the musical Hamilton. And glory is a theme throughout that musical as well. Both musicals have characters who dream of glory, who feel they're running out of time and want to make their mark. And I find this song to be the most powerful in the musical. Rent definitely left me feeling like I needed to do as much as possible with the time I have on the planet and that's one of the reasons why I've actually finally got round to starting this podcast. It's something I've wanted to do for quite a while. And on to my fourth and last regular segment, knitting. First, what's on the needles at the moment? Well, I've just finished the knitting on the Barble Hat by Donna Smith. This is the popular hat with sheep in stranded colour work all around the head. I haven't blocked it yet, but I'm so pleased with it. I did put an extra five rows of length into the crown of the hat because I have a big head and like my hat slouchy. In hindsight, I didn't actually need to add any length. And if I weren't planning on adding a pom-pom, it would have made the hat too tall and it would look odd. But as I am adding a pom-pom, I'm quite happy with the extra length. I used Nitpick's Wool of the Andes, which is only about £2 a ball. Because the hat uses four colours, anything more expensive than that would really start to add up. In order to try and make the hat a bit more wearable, I mean, a hat with sheep on is never going to be an everyday staple, I chose slightly more neutral colours, using a light brown for the ground and a dark blue for the sky, rather than the green and light blue in the sample. I'm hoping that this will mean it fits into my regular wardrobe a little bit better. As I mentioned, I've made a pom-pom to put on the top of this hat. And I want to talk to you about my newest obsession, which is Clover's pom-pom makers. They're these amazingly nifty gadgets made out of plastic, which have two arms that fold out, which you wrap your wool around. 
and then you fold them back in, cut around the outside and tie the yarn around the middle like you would if you'd use cardboard circles. I sent my friend a video of how they worked and he was amazed. It's one of these things that you would never think needs a specialist gadget until you use it. Also on the needles is a second swatch for the pavement sweater I mentioned last episode. The first swatch wasn't right, so I've gone up a needle size and I'm trying again. Fingers crossed that this one is better. The more exciting knitting related thing I've done recently was that I went to Edinburgh Yarn Fest and it was an amazing weekend. Here's a snippet of excited sound I recorded from the queue before we went in on Friday morning. The weekend started with a knit night at Akva, an amazing Swedish bar and restaurant in Fountain Bridge in Edinburgh. (laughs) During the weekend, I took part in the Let's Make a Podcast challenge from Louise at Knit British. And the challenge I got was to go and interview Gemma from Little Grey Girl about her gorgeous project bags, which I bought two of. I'm here at Edinburgh Yarn Fest with Gemma from Little Grey Girl, who's going to talk to us about her wonderful, wonderful notions pouches. So Gemma, why did you want to put together a notions pouch with everything in it? Um, I live in central London and spend most of my time knitting on the bus. So I'm either at my full-time day job or working on my business. So I, most of my time is my hour commute, half an hour commute every day. And I never had everything with me in one place. So it was just the best way to kind of put everything in one little pouch so you're done. So you get crochet hook scissors, stitch markers, waste yarn stitch holder, highlighter and a pencil so you can just pick it up if you're going on holiday or you're going out for the day and you know you're going to want to knit and you haven't got to take a huge notion pouch it's just there and ready to go. It's about four inches by three inches so it could fit in your any bag even a tiny going out handbag. If you need some stress relieving knitting at the end of a long party I think we've all been there (laughs) Um, so I think it's a really really great idea and I'll definitely be purchasing something myself while I'm here. Thanks Gemma. My pleasure. Here's a snippet of sound from the cave. Wow. It was really great to meet so many new friends and to put faces to names and voices of friends I knew through the internet. One of my new friends remarked on Sunday that it's remarkable how quickly you feel like you've known knitting friends forever. It's something about the quiet companionship of sitting and knitting away next to people. She was right and it's one of my favourite things about knitting with people. As I walked through the market hall on Friday, I was struck by how many different accents and languages I could hear. German, Swedish, Spanish, French, American, Canadian. It was fantastic and I felt so lucky to live in this fantastic city that everyone wants to visit. 
I even got to practice my German a few times over the course of the weekend. As I mentioned, there was a marketplace, which was fantastic. It would be remiss of me not to talk about the stash enhancement I carried out. Let's just say I'm trying to help the British economy. I think my favourite purchase, and certainly my biggest in terms of cash, was that I bought a sweater quantity, Fiberspates Vivacious 4-ply, in the colourway Verdigris, which is exactly how it sounds, the colour of weathered copper. It's a gorgeous colour, which will fit into my wardrobe really well. I haven't decided exactly which sweater this is going to become yet. I keep wavering between another loose pullover or a more fitted cardigan. It could even be a loose cardigan or a fitted pullover. I'll just have to wait and see what catches my eye. On the Saturday afternoon, I took a steaking class from Renee Callahan at East London Knits. Steaking absolutely terrifies me. Well, it terrified me before I took the class. Less so now. Steaking is the ancient art of cutting your knitting. It's used because it's much easier to knit in the round than it is to knit back and forth, especially if you're doing stranded colour work. So if you want to make a cardigan, for example, you can knit it in the round and then cut it open up the front. Sounds simple, right? Most techniques I'm really happy to learn from videos and photo tutorials, but this I wanted someone who could see what I was doing and tell me that it was all going to be alright. And that's exactly what this class was. I now feel way more confident in the idea of cutting my knitting. I have to say another huge benefit of taking a class was that I got early access to the marketplace on both days. I'm very easily overwhelmed by noise and large amounts of people in one place and especially on Friday when it was really busy I found the marketplace quite tough. The early entry which let me go around and do a circuit before it got too busy was really valuable. When I made my big purchase of the sweater yarn on Saturday morning, it meant I could do my thinking without there being a din of noise in my ears. If I were wavering about whether to take a class next year or not, I would remember those extra hours in the marketplace, which made a huge difference to my ability to enjoy the festival. On the Friday night, I was lucky enough to go to the Edinburgh Yarn Fest Cayley. It had sold out in 20 seconds and somehow I'd been lucky enough to get a ticket. Having been in Scotland for six months, this was the first Cayley I'd been to and it was so much fun. I think I had done some of the dances back in primary school when we did country dancing ahead of barn dances, but those were English country dances, not Scottish, and it was a lot less fun when I was six than it was last weekend. Although my legs were really tired the next day, it was so much fun to spend a couple of hours dancing. In short, the entire weekend was a whirl of activity, excitement and socialisation, and I found re-entry into the normal world more than a little tough. But I guess that's the price to pay for having a fantastic break. Thanks so much for listening to episode two. You can find me at other places on the internet. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Lily M. Wrights, and on Ravelry, I'm Robina Rockstar. Please do rate and review the podcast on iTunes and tell me what you think. I'm going to leave you with the song One Song Glory from the musical Rent, and this recording is from Adam Pascal in the original Broadway cast. Bye! One song
glory one song before i go glory one song to leave behind find one song one last refrain glory from the pretty boy front man who wasted opportunity one song he had the world at his feet glory in the eyes of a young girl a young Beyond the cheap colored lights, one song before the sun sets. Glory on another empty life. Time flies.